0: I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you as we do every week to join us here this morning and we trust that you are here with us. May my words be your words. And all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today, we're going to be discussing a topic that should be of interest to all the children in the room. Special attention to you kids is actually of interest, of course, to everyone. The actual children, the children at heart. And those of us, including me, who forgot what it felt like to be a child long ago. But perhaps our actual children's ears will perk up just a little bit when they hear what I'm going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about what's fair. Now, fair, as you might imagine, is a big topic of conversation in our house. Especially prevalent with kids, fairness is seemingly always at stake, always hanging in the balance. Now, sometimes, of course, it's things that could actually be argued are unfair. Right? So-and-so gets to stay up later than me. That's not fair. Or so-and-so is taller or stronger or can run faster than me. That's not fair. Those things fall into the, sorry kid, life's not fair category. Other times, of course, the requests for fairness don't make any sense at all. It's my turn to empty the dishwasher. Oh, that's not fair. Uh, The whole rotation and taking turns thing is so that it will be exactly fair. So fairness is a big deal, a huge deal. And one thing you learn quickly when talking about fair Is that there's always a set of conditions that must be met for a situation to qualify as fair. I've found that expectations are a big part of this. It's apparently not fair, for instance, to be asked to take a shower when one didn't expect to be asked to take a shower, (laughs) or to brush one's teeth, or to put on pajamas. These are all travesties of fairness, even though they literally take place every single night. Fair seems to have something to do with having an agreement in advance. But whatever the conditions are, and whenever they're established, for something to qualify as fair, a precise set of conditions must be met. In fact, one could argue that conditions are the lifeblood of fairness. The conditions are everything. And this is actually a theme lately in our readings, isn't it? We, we talked about conditions last week. The unforgiving servant, you'll recall, had his debt forgiven on the condition that he turn around and forgive the debt of a fellow slave. And when he didn't, his own forgiveness was revoked. And then we have conditions again in our reading this week about the so-called 11th hour workers. People get hired to do a job. There is no more conditional relationship than that. Do the work, get paid. But then just when things seem like they're going normally, there is a discrepancy. Some lack of clarity when it comes to the conditions. Something that's not You know the story. A landowner goes out early in the morning to hire laborers to work in his vineyard, and he agrees with them to pay them the normal day's rate. But then as the day progresses, he goes out several more times, hiring more workers at these various intervals, 9 a.m., noon, 3 p.m., in fact, he even hires some workers at 5 p.m., just one hour before the end of the day. And it's, of course, at the end of the day that things get interesting. All the workers line up for their pay. The ones who have worked least first and the ones who have worked the most last. And the people who have worked the most, who are back at the end of the line, look up and they see that those workers who only worked an hour are getting a full Day's pay. Oh, man. You can almost hear them thinking, if those slackers are getting a full day's pay, just think about what we're going to get. Probably 12 times as much. Because you see, those are the conditions they've set up in their minds. They'll get paid per hour. That's fair. But as this famous story goes, the landowner pays those who worked all day the same amount as those who only worked one hour. They all get a full day's pay. And of course, the hard workers grumble. It sure doesn't seem fair. They slaved in the hot sun for 12 hours and they're getting the same payment as these people who lounged around all day doing nothing and then worked for just an hour barely breaking a sweat. What the heck? But the landowner says to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious? Because I am generous. So what we're going to do this morning is take the parable of the 11th hour workers and the parable we read last week, that of the unforgiving servant. We're going to take them together. I'm glad that these two stories have been assigned to us back to back. Uh, They're not quite sequential in scripture. That was from Matthew 18, and this is from Matthew 20. But the two parables go together very well. They form a nice pair. With the unforgiving servant, Jesus talks about forgiveness and what will happen to God's people if they don't forgive. But remember that there was a character missing from that story, the atoning substitute, the one to take an unpayable debt onto himself forever. There was one king and two servants, but no Christ. And without Christ... We saw that forgiveness was conditional. That is, it depended on the conditions being met. Remember the sacrificial system, right? The proper sacrifice at the proper time, year after year. The first servant was only forgiven on the condition that he turn around and forgive another. And what's another way of saying that something depends on the conditions being met? Well, we say that it's fair. And today, we get another story that sets up some conditions and proceeds like it's going to be fair. But then this story, unlike that of the unforgiving servant, doesn't end up seeming fair. And the difference is this. This landowner is nothing like that king. Remember, the kingdom of God in the parable of the unforgiving servant is one founded on the law alone, on conditions being met. It's founded on fair. It's founded on, well, it's founded on what we think we want. Let me explain. Think of kids, either yours or when you were one. Kids like conditions. They love negotiating setting up a scale, just like those workers in the vineyard. They imagine somehow that conditions are good for them because according to the conditions, they think that they're going to come out ahead, right? They think that fairness is a good thing. They're always asking for it, begging for things to be fair. My kids somehow think that fair will lead to them watching TV every day and playing video games whenever they want and having dessert every night of the week and As for the shower, well, maybe they'll shower when they're in college. (laughs) But as usual, it's not just kids. We are all, every single one of us, like this. We think that fairness will rule in our favor. And fairness, always coming down on our side, is the universal human delusion. I imagine that fair will lead to me having all my skills recognized and my shortcomings overlooked, having my wife and family meet all my needs while never asking anything difficult of me, and having my particular desires and views catered to by the world. That sounds fair. Now, saying it out loud makes it obvious that it's not fair. It's totally skewed to benefit me. But I'm convinced that this is the subconscious posture we're always taking when we say or think that's not fair. We're always thinking that fair should benefit us. In fact, I think the reason that there are so many lawyers, uh, apologies to you lawyers out there, the reason that there are so many lawyers is the human propensity to say that's not fair. And everyone thinking that fair should skew toward them is big business. Everyone thinks that fair should rule in their favor. And we should be clear, in this world, in our horizontal plane, actual fairness is a laudable goal. Impartiality is a godly, biblical principle. But these stories... Are about the kingdom of heaven. They're about what almighty God is like. Is fairness good news. As we deal with the heavenly father. As we interact with the divine king of heaven. And holy ruler of the universe. Do we want fair? Like the parable of the unforgiving servant. Where conditions must be met. No, we don't want fair. We sinners need something more like the parable of the 11th hour workers. We only think we want fair, we actually need mercy. Here's the key to understanding the story of the 11th hour workers. It's not about fairness. It's about mercy. It's about generosity. Because when you get down to it, fairness, real fairness, where God is concerned, is not good news for sinners. We think we want fairness. But we need mercy. This is the thing we keep coming back to with our kids, isn't it? We find ourselves telling them, you don't actually want fair. You only think you do. Fair would mean that you have to go to work and earn money to support this family. Fair would mean that you have to cook the dinners and clean the dishes. Fair would mean that you would be responsible for your own education and personal development. Kids think they want fair, but what they actually want is generosity. They actually need mercy. And the same is true for us. Unlike in the parable of the unforgiving servant, there is a Christ figure in the parable of the 11th hour workers. This landowner is not like the king from last week. That king was conditional. You are forgiven on the condition that you forgive others. Mess up and your forgiveness is revoked. The landowner in the parable of the 11th hour workers has a generous word, a merciful word. He says that conditions don't matter. No matter how many hours you worked, you get paid The same, the full amount, your reward is unconditional, and that's good news, right? We're not mistaken. That's good news. So why does it so totally rub us the wrong way? Well, it's simple. Remember, we think, we all think that fair should skew in our direction, that fair should rule in our favor. We think we're the ones who've been working all day. We think we've been doing just fine. I may not be perfect, we'll admit, but I've been putting in the work. Shouldn't I get a little bit More? That's the sentiment pregnant in every protestation that something isn't fair. We think we deserve better, that fair will rule in our favor. My family ordered Papa John's on Friday night, and on the box it said, The pizza you want, the pizza you deserve. (laughs) Really? (laughs) But Papa John's knows how we think. Papa John's knows that we think we deserve greatness. We deserve the best pizza, don't we? Because we read this parable and we think of ourselves as the aggrieved hard workers. We're the ones who've been working all day. Just like we read the parable of the prodigal son and think of ourselves as the older brother. Always. We are the faithful ones who stayed home. Just like Jonah From our other reading this morning, angry at God for asking him to carry good news to the sinful people of Nineveh. Them? Come on, Lord. They're terrible people. They can't get the same good news as your faithful servants get. That's not fair. Now, as I said, we're happy to admit that we're not perfect. Sure, we've got to deal with problems of smugness, or disappointment, anger, muttering, maybe a little accidental holier than now from time to time. But we're not like our brother eating the pig pods. We're not like those lazy slobs who only worked one hour. We're not like the wicked citizens of Nineveh. We deserve fair. The Bible has bad news for you. You are the prodigal son. You are the wicked citizen of Nineveh. You are the 11th hour worker. You are a sinner. Your life does not live up to the standard that a holy God has set. Anyone here feel like they're not always all you can be? That you have regrets from a Relationship that is broken because of something you did. Anyone here have a dark secret that they feel like they can't share with anyone? Anyone feel like they don't deserve God's generosity? We are the 11th hour workers. and The fairness of God is bad news. For sinners like us. But the 11th hour workers are paid in full. There is good news for sinners like us. Good news for a sinner like you. For us, unfair is good news. Jesus' message is good news for sinners. Jesus says, you, you there, who no one else thinks is worth much of anything. You, the one who everyone agrees isn't worth anything. You, the one who is even sure for yourself that you don't deserve anything. I'm here for you. I came for you, not because you're so great, but because I choose to be generous. The fairness of God has been poured out on Jesus Christ on the cross so that he can pour out his mercy on you. Jesus gives you the same free gift bought and paid for with his own blood that he gives to the people that you think are better than you. They're not, by the way. We're all 11th hour workers, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All the workers in God's vineyard are 11th hour workers. And all the workers in God's vineyard are getting a free gift today. Not just because, not because they're so great. But because God chooses on account of Christ to be generous, a free gift of love, a free gift of grace, a free gift of eternal life in heaven where you will be all God created you to be. Where damaged relationships will be made whole, where dark secrets will be healed and redeemed, where we will all worship together in spirit and truth forever. So. Hear the good news of God, the landowner, on account of his son, Jesus Christ. You 11th hour workers, you prodigal sons, you citizens of Nineveh, though you did not, have not, and could not ever earn Jesus' love, Jesus' love is not for those who work. It is for those who believe. So come, believe in him, and rest in work that is already finished. Amen.